the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know what it really deals with when you just uh, bring it down to its basic message? Its basic message is, let me tell you how your suffering is beneficial. My suffering, Paul says, is beneficial to you. This is an incredible message and truth here for us to understand. Because this section of scripture helps to explain to us in ways that perhaps you have never considered how your sufferings are actually beneficial. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. I'm Peter Silseth and I'm glad you could be with us for today's lesson. I recently heard a preacher telling about how roughly his football coaches treated him when he was a student. They would work him till he thought he would drop and then work him some more. They would stand on the blocking sled and yell at him, hit it, hit it again. He hurt so much he could barely walk and he would be just furious at those coaches. But when game time came, he said he would just crush the opposing players. Then he realized that there was a lot to be gained from all that agony. What a great life lesson and a spiritual lesson too. Today is the start of a fresh series of studies on verse by verse, and our topic is the benefits of suffering. Sometimes God really does seem cruel. We wonder why he allows us, even his own children, to go through such terrible experiences. Yet, as we will see, it is often because God loves us that we face hardship. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but let's listen as Pastor Steve shows us from God's Word why, as James said, we should consider it joy when we encounter various trials. The subject of human suffering is not an easy subject to understand. Even though the Bible has many things to teach us and say about human suffering, there are still mysteries concerning specific incidents of pain and affliction that none of us can fully explain, such as the tragedy of a missionary and her infants being shot and killed in Peru. How can we explain that? We, we can't. can't fully understand that. Who can understand such things as the bombing of the Federal Reserve Building in Oklahoma City or senseless killings in public high schools around our country? Or even such things as airplane crashes and automobile accidents and sufferings caused by countless diseases and violent crimes. But though we have to be honest and admit that there is much that we just don't understand about human suffering in terms of the details and the specifics of each painful experience, I want you to know that the Bible does reveal enough truth about suffering in terms of general principles that help us put a great deal of our suffering in perspective. We're not out there on our own to try to figure everything out. For example, the Bible tells us that sometimes we suffer because of our own sin and rebellion. Sometimes God has to discipline us because he loves his children and spanks us in a variety of ways to bring us back to his fellowship. For example, 
prime uh, prime person in the Bible that illustrates this is Jonah. Jonah was a rebellious man, a rebellious prophet who decided that he wasn't going to obey God, and so God had to deal with him. They uh, they threw him overboard into the sh- uh, into the water, and uh, we're told that incredible miracle about the great fish who swallowed. Jonah, and the the amazing thing is not that the uh, that Jonah was swallowed, but that that fish didn't get indigestion from such a rotten prophet as Jonah. The Corinthians were were disciplined by God as they came. Many of them came to the Lord's table drunk and uh, self centered, not waiting for those who were in slavery to to come and share that potluck. Uh, what we would call potluck dinner, the agape feast with them. And so 1 Corinthians 11 says that in discipline, God dealt with them out of uh, Ill, an illness, and some were even, were even killed, taken by the Lord because of that. So sometimes our, our sufferings are self-induced because of our own sin, and God loves us too much to let us go our own way. Sometimes our suffering has absolutely nothing to do with our own personal sin, but suffering is designed by God to bring about and develop godly character. James chapter 1 tells us, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Why? Because James tells us that the testing of our faith produces endurance. That's how we grow. That's how we become more Christ-like. Romans 8.28 all things work together for good for believers. Why? Because God is using all things to make us like his son. So that's another reason for suffering. But also sometimes we suffer because God is working in our lives to prevent us from sinning. Prime example of that is Paul writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians twelve seven. He said that so much revelation was given to him. God gave him vision, even translated him to, to heaven to show him things that that were incredible. And there was the temptation of being lifted up with pride. Listen, when you have a lot of information, and, and we, don't, we don't know all that Paul knew, when you have that kind of information from God, it is very easy to exalt yourself and think you're above others. And so the Bible says that God inflicted Paul, a messenger of Satan, He called it a thorn in the flesh, which he said actually tormented him. But he said that God did that in order to keep him from exalting himself. So sometimes our suffering has to do with God keeping us humble. So even though God's word reveals that there are some very positive and tangible reasons for suffering, we have to say that most of the time when we suffer, we tend to view it as a negative thing. We become self-absorbed and uh, oblivious to anyone or anything other than ourselves. That's usually how we handle it. Well, one man who handled suffering differently than most of us do, and certainly was different in the way he viewed suffering than most of us, was the Apostle Paul. Paul was an expert on the subject of suffering because he experienced more suffering than just about anybody else. He experienced more pain than most people, and for good reason. When he was converted, God specifically said that this man not only will stand before Gentiles and stand before kings and stand before the Jewish people, but this man will suffer because of that. This man is a special, specially called one 
But God said in, in Acts 9, 15 and 16, he said, he's a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel's, Israel, for I will show him how much he will suffer for my sake. And the rest of the New Testament bears that out. Paul did suffer. Paul suffered greatly. In most places, when, when Paul preached, they either had a riot that erupted, they beat him or threw him in prison. And sometimes all three happened. Wherever Paul went, he encountered persecution for the gospel's sake. And it's very interesting that of all the sufferings that Paul endured, many of the details of what he went through are revealed to us in one letter. And that letter is 2 Corinthians, a letter we began to look at last week. And it's very important that we understand why Paul told us so much about his suffering in this one letter. But I want you to see how much Paul revealed to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want you to be thinking as we read this, why in this letter? I mean, it almost reads like the book of Acts. The book of Acts, we understand that Luke is the uh, inspired historian to tell us about what happened in the early church and how the gospel spread from, from a little place in Jerusalem and what we would call the Middle East to all over the world, all over the Roman Empire. We understand that when Luke tells us that. But why in this letter... Does Paul tell us about his sufferings when he doesn't really say that much about it in the other letters? I mean, he mentions it, but not in detail like this. Let me show you what I mean. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians 4, beginning at verse 8, Paul writes, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who, are, um, we who live are constantly, look at that, constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Paul said, as a representative of Christ, I am always encountering persecution. It's always like I'm dying. It's a benefit to you, he said. Chapter 6 tells us more. Chapter 6, beginning at verse 4. He says, But in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God, in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. Paul said, my life is, it's like a contradiction. This is the way I experience things. But there's more. Chapter 11. In chapter 11, beginning at verse 22, he tells us things that we would know from any other place in the New Testament, the details. He says, speaking of false apostles, I told you the background of this letter is that some men, Jewish men, and you'll see that they're Jewish just by reading this, Jewish men came into the church at Corinth and said that they were true apostles. 
Now, if they're true apostles, they had to discredit Paul because Paul's message and their message were not the same. So if they're true apostles, they went about to discredit Paul. And that becomes the background of this letter in which Paul defends himself as a true apostle. But here he says in verse 22, speaking of the false apostles, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. Paul is saying, that's where I draw the line. They may be Jewish like I am, but they're not servants of Christ. Paul goes on to explain why they can know that he's a true servant of Christ. And what he's saying, in essence, is these who who are in the lap of luxury have never experienced what I've experienced for the cause of Christ. What is What did Paul experience? He said, in far more labors far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, those are just the external things, he says, there's the daily pressure of me, uh, on me rather, of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who's led into sin without my intense concern? Paul's saying not only is there the external stuff, but when somebody in the church goes off in sin, he said, I feel it. It affects me. Verse 30, if I have to boast, I'll boast of what pertains to my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. And then he says something that we didn't even know the details of this, except it's here. In Damascus, this is talking about his conversion experience, and right after that, going to Damascus. In Damascus, the ethnarch under uh, Arteris, the king, was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. We didn't know that. And I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and so escaped his hands. We knew about being let down in a basket. We didn't know about the political stuff going on. We will get right back to our class in just a minute. We would like to greet those of you who have just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you missed the beginning of class, stick around afterward, and I'll let you know where you can hear it again on the Internet. Now, let's return to our class. Pastor Steve is ready to resume our lesson. Now, the question is, as we... As we surveyed this, why is there so much information about Paul's sufferings in this one letter? Is Paul trying to make an important point? Yes. In fact, Paul's not trying to make it. He is making it, but we need to understand. He is making it. As we learned last week, and I told you a moment ago, there were false apostles in this church. They attacked his ministry, denied he was a true apostle. Therefore, one of the evidences that Paul uses to defend his apostleship throughout this letter, is his sufferings. I mean, if he wasn't an apostle for Christ, then why was he suffering? He was suffering because he stood for the truth. There's no other reason that Paul suffered. It wasn't that anybody disliked him personally. It was because of his stand for Christ. It was his faith in Christ and the cause of Christ that caused him 
to uh, to have so much attack upon him. So it shouldn't surprise us that when he opens this letter, he opens it by telling us about his suffering. So let's look at chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Verses 1 and 2 are the uh, broad general introduction. Verses 3 through 11 deal with suffering. Since last week we introduced this book but didn't really deal with the general greeting, we want to include it this morning. So follow with me as I read verses 1 through 11. I, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are throughout Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we're comforted, it is for your comfort which is effective in the patience enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Now these verses constitute the opening greeting as well as some absolutely life-changing truths about suffering. It's it's obvious, even from a casual glance, that these verses are centered around the theme of suffering. How would you know that? Because the word comfort is mentioned ten times. That ought to tell you something. Not only that, in addition, the words suffering and affliction, two different words in the Greek language, but suffering and affliction are mentioned seven times in these verses. So Paul obviously had something on his mind to teach the Corinthians about suffering. But what? What? Why open a letter telling us about your suffering? No other letter opens like that. Why, why do this? Well, keep in mind, it is absolutely not only important, it is critical to always interpret the Bible in its context. Context is what comes before, what comes after. Now, in this case, we don't know what came before. I mean, this is the beginning. So what comes after? If you were to read on in this chapter, you would see the context is very clear what he's doing. He has something in mind. Verses 15 and through 17. Let me read this to you. He says, in this confidence, I intended at first to come to you so that you might twice receive a blessing. That is to pass your way into Macedonia and again from Macedonia to come to you and by you to be helped on my journey. Therefore, I was not vacillating when I intended to do this, was I? Or, or what I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh so that with me there will be yes and no and no at the same time? Now, let me explain what's going on here. This will clear up things. This is a reference to the fact that the Apostle Paul had planned 
to visit the Corinthians twice. He also mentions this, by the way, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in his first letter. His plan was to stop off and visit Corinth on his way to Macedonia, which was north, the northern part of Greece, and Corinth is in the southern part of Greece. So he was going to, on his way from Ephesus, he would stop off at Corinth, then go on to Macedonia, then on his way back to Judea, he would stop off at Corinth again. So he said, I plan to visit you twice. But for some reason, Paul had to change his plans, and he wasn't able to visit them. He was not able to do this. Now, that really should have been no big deal. We change our plans all the time. It's just a a, a change, an honest change in itinerary. It's not deceitful. It's not false. should have been no big deal. But Paul's opponents, the false prophets who were in that church, seized this change of plans to charge Paul with neglecting the Corinthians. They said, in essence, that he's being fickle. He's being unstable. He's being untrustworthy. And what they were saying to the Corinthians is something like this. Listen, if the man can't keep his word about visiting you, if he's untrustworthy there, how do you know that you can trust him with what he tells you about Jesus? He's not a real apostle. A real apostle wouldn't be like that. This man is dishonest, cannot be trusted. And sad to say, the Corinthians bought into these changes and charges, I should say. They bought into these charges. And so in this opening chapter, Paul chooses to defend his integrity for the sake of Christ. Now listen very closely. The way he starts off defending his integrity is to explain to them that one reason he had to change his plans to visit them was because of some severe suffering he experienced in Asia. That's verse 8. means Asia Minor, Turkey, what we would say today. He said, I thought we were going to die. Now, we don't know the specifics of this, but in some way his sufferings affected his itinerary. And that's why he opens the letter discussing the subject of suffering. But watch what Paul does. He doesn't simply tell the Corinthians that his suffering forced him to cancel his visit to them. He doesn't just do that. He does that, but more. But he explains that instead of neglecting them, which is what he was accused of by not visiting them, they should understand that his suffering actually benefited them and even honored the Lord. It was of benefit. It was of help to them. Paul turns around the accusations of the false apostles that he has neglected the Corinthians by showing them, not only have I not neglected you, but my sufferings have actually benefited you and they've honored the Lord in the process. And that is what the passage before us is about. You know what it really deals with when you when you just uh, bring it down to its basic message? Its basic message is, let me tell you how your suffering um, is beneficial. My suffering, Paul says, is beneficial to you. This is an incredible message and truth here for us to understand because this section of Scripture helps to explain to us in ways that perhaps you have never considered how your sufferings are actually beneficial. It is sometimes hard to believe, especially during trying times, but our sufferings are beneficial. We will find out some of the reasons why that is so in our next class, and I hope you can join us for that. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida since 1981. 
Verse by Verse Ministries is pleased to be able to present his clear, expository, or verse by verse messages through this great radio station as well as the internet. I'll tell you a little bit about our internet services in a moment. Perhaps you noted that Pastor Steve referred a time or two to having taught from 2 Corinthians last week, and maybe you're wondering why you don't remember it. Well, since that message was on a different subject, we decided to not include it in this series about suffering. So don't worry, your memory's just fine. If you missed part of the class or if you'd like to hear it again, here's the internet-based solution. Just point your web browser to versebyverseradio.org. You can download the file for listening at your convenience or you can listen online. You will find previous classes on our archives page. That web address again is versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the first part of a three-part message. You can order a CD or a cassette tape with the entire message by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. The number again, 727-441-1714. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of faithful listeners who are also faithful to their own church. Please join us for our next Verse by Verse Radio Bible class. Until then, don't forget that even when you're going through difficult times, God does indeed care for you. Faith Talk 570 W. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.